Hey everyone, Mike here, hopping in once again before this episode gets underway. Uh, this is part three of our one-shot series, Two Sides of the Same Coin. If uh, you've somehow made it here without listening to parts one or two, go back two episodes, check those out, then come back here right where you left off, and we will head into the thrilling and horrifying conclusion to this adventure. Uh, yeah, some some pretty pretty heavy stuff here. Um, and on that note, quick content warning for the finale um, for suicide and body horror um, and mentions of frog banding. Uh, sorry, Caro. I know that's maybe not the best way to put it. Sorry. Anyway, uh, enjoy the conclusion to two sides of the same coin. Casting, you have uh, shaken this head spine thing off of your war pick. Uh, the gelatinous horse body sits a few feet away. Um, it is eerily quiet in the street, aside from the noise coming at this point from the bailout, which is where you are closest to, um, and the direction that this thing was running toward. It's almost as if the rest of the town is abandoned, except for this building as you stand here on this street. Uh, as you look down at this horse, you realize melded into its skin is some of that cloak that that thing was wearing. Again, a sailor's cloak weighted, made of sail canvas. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, some of you still can't smell uh, for the next hour or so. Caro, you at this point manage to, as he's shucking the horse head and spine off of his pick, your eyesight returns and that's what you're greeted with. Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> did he not Did he not utilize the Bardic Inspiration uh, to get rid I of got... it? Well, I'll say that we could say that you kind of, you know, you... Well, you tell me. You're a healer cleric, and you've been granted some arcane assistance. What do you do uh, to clear your eyes? Oh, yeah. So if it doesn't uh, dispel automatically, then as soon as Caro had a free option, he would definitely, you know, go go up, tap tap it with that good, good holy juice, and cool. uh, be able to see once again. You get that holy juice as you see this holy that, mess that slide holy off. Holy juice. The where does, holy, oh, yeah. where does the holy juice come from? Um... So that's where you uh, stand now, closest the to the, uh, <laughs> of course, closest of course, to the bailout. The um, you do see on this horse along the spine as it lands at your feet, Kestine, those wavy lines engraved in its the spinal, excuse me, spinal column and harder parts of this creature. Yikes, I'm going to definitely make sure to rally the rest of the party around this scene and point out the uh, the melted cloak and flesh as well as these wavy lines and let them know that I believe it was headed 
toward the bailout. And my gut tells me that there may be something there that maybe it was fleeing toward or hoping to get support from mm-hmm. and that we need to definitely investigate that. Um, point of order before that, oh. though. Uh, can we investigate the carriages? Is there someone that needs help? Is there a clue? Is there... Uh... Oh, yeah, the carriages. So, uh, let's get some investigation <laughs> here. Or perception. Um, what do you guys got as you're rooting through these destroyed carriages? Sure. As, as, as we're rooting through it, uh, Terrence is just going to say really quick, Y'all keep telling old Terrence to stop throwing magic rocks at horses. All right, look, look at this. We got the last one. All right, all because Terrence throwing the magic rocks at the horses. <laughs> oh dear God! I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll investigation. <laughs> I got a seventeen. Okay. I'm gonna look around with the perception. Natural one. Boom. The dice finally failed me. Well, that makes... we got a we got a four for Caro to investigate. So right. well, both of those make my five a little less embarrassing. You're welcome. Thank you. So it's all up to you, Bebka. Caro, you your eyes That's clear true. as you see this scene. You just immediately. Yeah, I, well, I I would say you're having trouble inve- you know investigating around because your eyes clear. You see this. And you're just still, uh, you're not really into looking oh. around. Oh, yeah, no, Caro vomits up all three <clears throat> of the slugs he ate today. Uh, you happen to vomit them directly onto uh, Gaze, which is why you have an issue here, Gaze. You're like, what am I going <laughs> to, oh, God. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Great. Got in my eye, how? So all of you that rolled fairly low are covered in Caro vomit. Oh, it's nasty stuff. He's got real serious stomach acid. Uh, I'm gonna. I do not attempt to investigate. Instead, I, I go over to Castian and just go, uh, "Hey, uh, great job and everything. Everything worked out so far. Um, I I really do apologize that I made it start running. I really thought the horse was gonna." Was gonna rush us and like bring its hooves up and like slam them down on us. I, I, I don't know where my mind went with that. I, it's still just a horse. Uh, so I'm glad you got it. Things worked out. I'm sorry I sent it uh, panicking. Not a problem. It all worked out in the end. Yeah, you're too powerful. You can't be stopped. And I pat you on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Casting, would you? Someone got like a 16 or 17? I did. There you go. Casting, what'd you get? Uh, investigation 16. 16? Okay, so the two of you. Castian, um, since you're familiar and you initially saw the markings as well, and Granny getting a pretty good investigate perception here, uh, the two of you, as you're rooting around, you realize that there are some bodies smashed apart in these carriages, but with those checks, you also find small crates that are not destroyed they're roughly well I say crates in this case they're pretty small uh, they're about a foot long they're a few inches thick and they seem to be carved solid wood but whatever this wood is is black and it almost feels wet to the touch and they are covered in these lines and as you root through these carriages you find that each carriage 
has one of these, like, pieces of carved wood in them, in the smashed-apart rubble of each. And you said there were a lot of carriages, about right? a dozen carriages here. Uh, fun fact, uh, Identify is a touch-based spell. And based on, you know, all of the blender horse nonsense going on, I don't think I want to touch any of these boxes. <clears throat> so I'm going to hold off on casting Identify. <laughs> Being... PSA, y'all. Being an archaeologist, I cannot resist but to grab one of these weird and strange oh, such a mistake. boxes, and I'm going to pull it out, and I'm I'm going to immediately to... make a charisma See? saving throw. Is what you're going to do? Don't fucking right. do it! Don't touch shit. Nineteen. Nineteen. Hey. <clears throat> so. I will say, the rest of your party, what they see, as you pull this thing out, your friend blurs like these creatures. He suddenly becomes fuzzy. Yes, sir, casting. You blur. So what you see is his form becomes fuzzy, almost like it's vibrating. And casting, what you see, you are somewhere deep. You are somewhere lighted around you, but otherwise dark. You look up and all you see is what looks like water. But there's no sound here. The water itself is roughly 20-30 feet above you. And it's around you on all sides, almost as if you were <clears throat> excuse me, in a bubble of water. The ground beneath your feet is wet sand, and everything around you is dark, aside from the light behind you. As you turn, there's a, a, a flash of something, and you realize as your eyes adjust, there's this crackling energy floating up from a tank, this vat of brackish, blackish water. This tank stands about 20 feet tall. It's about 10 feet wide. And you can't quite see what's inside of it. But what you're seeing is some sort of energy crackle up out of the top of it and float to the top of this bubble <clears throat> and kind of meld through it and float up into the darkness away from you. You begin hearing murmurs and you feel something begin to wrap around your neck and your shoulders and your head and as you see along the peripheral of your vision what look like tentacles you snap back the wood block in your hand disintegrates and the rest of you see that his form stops blurring Oh, I will God. immediately collapse to the ground and start gasping for air and warning everyone with an earshot not to touch crate. <clears throat> oh, good. So it wasn't just Her. my glaucoma setting in. 
Kara's going to open up a flask of holy water and just absolutely douse him in it. <laughs> it's holy cold geez. and refreshing and smells like swamp water, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you guys make your way further. Yeah, I think I imagine. To the, I think we're heading to the bailout. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, some some are heading to my left nut, and some are heading to bailout. Right? Or are we still? Well, we, uh, Caspian <laughs> had do... seen that. I mean, it seemed like the horse was heading to the bailout with some yeah. kind of purpose, right? Yeah. That's the impression the, I got. The guy was inside of it, and they were wearing sailors' garb. Do we think maybe they? are or were um, Malice's people then? If it's, hail- if it's heading towards the bailout, which is the one directly on the dock, I guess that would make sense. I think it's maybe worth all of us sticking together. Concur. Because that, that was... Especially after that... I mean... Horrifying experience. That was... That was a crazy... A crazy fight. I mean, Gaze, are you okay? I'm. I actually could stand to get patched up a little bit more, but I'm. I'm mostly okay. Here, I. I, I got you, buddy, and I go and I give him a hug. <clears throat> it doesn't heal you, but thank you. you. <laughs> it heals inside where it really counts. So. And I. I'm just like, yeah, you do look like you could use some healing, and then I just look at you. I'm like, wish I could heal you. <laughs> I actually, I think I can uh, do this myself, I think. Did I <laughs> prepare? I did not prepare a healing. <laughs> Good job. I'm going to Good job, pull Mike. a shortbread cookie out of my pocket and use it to cast yes. Cure Wounds on you. Oh. <laughs> Yay. Perfect. Which, hey, if you did it in the same minute as this fight happened, then uh, you would still have that healing maxed. Yeah, good question. How long has it been? Tell you what, I'm going to roll a d6 for how many tens of minutes, it seconds it's been. Tens of seconds. Ten, you, listen, you. Uh, you know what, for that, yeah, you get healing. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Gandalf. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope no. you feel better. There. Singing, singing so, words. I get uh, cure wounds. It's what if it's max? It's eight plus your modifier. Six. Oh wow! Life right. Oh, because you're life domain. So you guys make your way to the bailout. Uh, it okay. seems. Like a different world. You walk all of, you know, about 150 feet. Uh, the street you were on was lit by moonlight. So as you move further down and look back, while you can kind of see it, you're coming down over essentially a crest to the harbor itself. So as you move, you realize it is kind of tough to see what's going on up there. And while you are fully aware of the gruesome scene, It makes sense that the folks standing out here obviously completely tanked on Grog and whatever else they may be enjoying would not really see what was going on. The outside looks like a... almost like an old southern mansion. There's two stories. It has columns on the front of it. It looks like someone's really trying hard to make it classy. Like, they're really trying... 
but the columns are obviously just barrels that are stacked on top of each other and painted to look fancy. Uh, the windows, you realize, are just glass that has white paint on the back to make it look fancy. It's just one giant, essentially, piece of plywood to make it look like a two-story building as you get closer. Uh, there are no bouncers. There are just guys sitting out front flirting with women, drinking grog or whatever this foul stuff is that they're drinking. And you are able to walk in without any hassle. And you are met by this boisterous crowd. You walk in and everyone cheers like, huzzah! It's almost like they were expecting you. And as soon as you react, they go back to not giving a shit. And you realize they're just new people. Who cares? It's two in the morning. They've been working all day. And, uh, welcome in, essentially. The bar itself, you see, is set to your right, and it's long. It's about a 50-foot-long bar with all sorts of bottles back there. There are a few bartenders running up and down the bar top, helping anyone who needs it. And on the back of this building, uh, it's low tide at this point, so it's about, you see, the steps that go down to it, or the ramp, rather, it's The whole building is essentially cut in half with one large ramp that would either be tilted down or tilted up, depending on the tide. This point is tilted down, and you see there are 12 slips back there with all of them filled up with various dinghies, small ships, rowboats, just an assortment of whatever, whatever people manage to bring with them to get them to the bailout. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are not many free tables, but you do manage to pull a couple smaller ones together. Because, you know, they always say they can't seat six, but if you ask to seat two groups of three, they'll say yes, and then you just pull it together. You know, one of those obnoxious places. And, and really, it's just about how friendly your tone is when you ask it. Mm -hmm. That's right. So you guys managed to pull a couple uh, smaller round tables together, so it's that awkward, like, the guy that sits in the middle of the two tables doesn't really have a space thing. Hate that shit. <laughs> Um, and as you sit down, you are immediately greeted by someone that, well, let me ask you, who likes to go to bars in town? Zalkin. We all Zalkin. look at Zalkin. Zalkin. <laughs> and Terrence. Zalkin and Terrence. Zalkin and Gaze tags along, for sure. Gaze is learning. Just to... All right. Exactly. Well, immediately as you sit down, a very overly made-up makeup made up rather lady sits down at your table she pulls up a chair and kind of forces it uh next to zelkin because she recognizes you as someone who goes to bars a lot uh and you recognize her immediately sally she's introduced herself as sally duval duvalistartan she is wearing the biggest frilliest hat she has the most outlandishly pink dress on with many hoops, flowers everywhere, her bosom done up practically under her chin and she immediately puts on the charm that you know her so well for and says, you my friend. Now, this woman is traditionally pretty. Uh, she's a human woman. It's hard to discern her exact age because she's wearing more makeup than she is clothing, if that's possible, when you look at her whole getup. 
Um, but she leans real close into you, Zelkan. Oh, are you buying a drink for a lovely lady tonight? I lean back, and then I look to the group. Is any one of us, like, covered in weird ichor? Or, like, blood? Like, <laughs> She says, is that... Do you do... And she points to the other people in the bar. And, yeah, you're covered in some gross stuff, and you smell real bad. But as you look around, like, it's not uncommon for these... Sailor's cloaks covered in fish guts and bilge okay. water okay. is common attire. So while, yeah, you're gross, yeah, you're fitting right in, no problem. Um, I look at her and I'm like, wait, so I, I've, I've, met, I've met this girl before? I will say you have met her. I'll let you decide your backstory with her, but she is, okay. uh, she is not a lady of ill repute, but she is... A lady who gets a lot of free drinks and is not ashamed to uh, flirt her way to a free bar tab. You know, what's funny right now, this is David talking, is that I think that Zelkin is, like, usually he probably goes with it. Um, But right now, after the exploding and the horse thing... Like, Zelkin is actually probably like, look, Sally, this is not, this is not the night for this. I'm here, I'm here to just work something out. I'm not, I would like to not stay long. I, this is the first night in a long time. And she says, we don't have to stay long. We could go work it out right now, huh? I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about You're no fun. How about you, Grandma? (laughs) And she completely blows you off, which is uncharacteristic. That's fine. She says, Grandma, how are you tonight? It's been a night, Sally, my dear, but how are you doing? Uh, how's the petticoat I adjusted for you? It is fantastic, and she adjusts it on herself. Um, it doesn't match at all, but she is she's wearing it just the same because, you know, while you didn't make it for this neon pink outfit that she's wearing... She is, in fact, got it tucked around her to still kind of go with the outfit, give her a little bit of coverage. She says, Granny, I could really use a drink. Uh, Everyone give me insight here. I was just about to ask if I could do that. Sounds like a trap. Oh, no. She's Uh, definitely trying to... I know this woman well. I got a natural 20. Nice. Uh, 13 for me. Okay. 17 for uh, 17 here. She is dropping the act for a moment here. And she's not trying to be mean or angry. She's not casting a spell. But there is a very specific reason she wants you to buy her a drink. Yeah. I buy the fucking drink. I. <laughs> oh, perfect. And she actually holds her hand up. She says, around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and immediately, pineapples stuck on, like, in goblets come out with umbrellas and more fruit. Like, she, you essentially are brought a fruit basket full of alcohol. Yay. And one is set down in front of each of you. And even for the most, you know, even I will say for Zelkin... This thing smells like 
a long night and a worse morning. Like, whatever this thing is that's been set in front of you, oof, it's gonna take hair off and grow it back I on you. Uh, do, can't smell. Do, yeah, do those of us oh, yeah. who have lost our sense of smell, are we affected by this? No, not at all. As a matter <laughs> of fact, I mean, you're a... Let me ask you, tortoises, turtles, you're probably a big fan of fruits and veggies, right? Yeah, only next to seawater. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, I mean... <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Just living my truth, all right? Uh, no, I understand. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. she uh, she leans over and says, "Somebody pay the tab." In that same tone that she had before. Oh, I I got it here. Oh, Hold got... on, and I reach into the coin purse that I've been holding. Pay the tab. <clears throat> and she goes from leaning, you know, the like kind of the pushing up thing and the smile and the the hair. <clears throat> It's a very suddenly serious tone. She says, The two brothers aren't telling you something. There, There's something bigger here. There's something that neither of them are sharing with each other or with you. And something big is coming. And something big is is here. And you you need to get it out of them. They're at, they're at their neutral meeting ground right now. They're at the crowded crow's nest across the harbor. And listen... You have paid me for my services, therefore I can make a trade, as is standard transaction process here. According to both brothers, we have exchanged goods, and we will now exchange services and money. Uh, and she <clears throat> pulls a little disc out, and she says, "This." and she points over at a small longboat. It's probably about 12 feet long. And it has a little arcane mechanism on the back. Do any of you have a sailing background or a waterfaring background? I'm a turtle. <laughs> Do I qualify yeah, as a him. sailor as a turtle? Uh, the other guy's a frog. <laughs> um, I, I, I am quite the accomplished swimmer. <laughs> um, you recognize it. Uh, you don't know how to use it, I'll say, at this point, as convincing as all of that was. Um, this is essentially an arcane motor on this thing. So it's going to take some some screwing around with, but it gives you a little bit of extra power. You're not going to have to row this thing with the key to this little arcane motor. <clears throat> she says, you have to get it out of them. You have to go. You have to get it out of them. Because they're not telling you something, and this whole town is at risk. This whole town, there's something wrong here, in town. Just a bit. So, as you're you're talking to her, as she's leaned in, she's thrown this thing, and she seems more and more desperate. As her tone seems more and more scared and desperate... <clears throat> you start hearing yelling from outside. And there's suddenly a light, as bright as the light that Caro blinded you for a minute, blasts outside. It's bright enough that it pours in through the doors in front. Now, the doors are, they're not like 
you know, old west doors, but they're easy to open doors. It's a bar, you know, one of those classic swinging doors, but the light that blasts in from outside is almost bright enough still to make you squint. And the bar itself kind of hushes for a moment, and the door swings in slowly, and there is, as you guys coin them, a wet goon standing in the door. You see past him what looks to be dozens more. Oh boy. Uh, shit, shit, nope. shit. No, thank you. Perhaps it um, is time to develop yeah. a sailing background. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm proficient with land vehicles. Let's make like a rock and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that was the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so what do you do? This guy is about 20 feet from you. It's a 40 foot dash back to the little skiff she's got. I've yeah, got a 25 foot horizontal leap, baby, and I'm out of here. <laughs> I... That's not in character. That's straight up just F this, F that. I'm, yes. I'm a frog out frog of here. As, uh, as the door has swung open, how many of them did you say there are? There's like a dozen? A, a couple dozen out couple there dozen. from what you catch in the that light has yep. died down. And what you see, it's not, I know there was that blinding light. There is something still on fire out there, standing at the back of this crowd. I, I'm sure it'll be fine. So Zelkin, as I said earlier, is like, "This is the worst. This is the worst evening of my life." Uh, as I see this, I do not hesitate. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I do not hesitate this time. I don't ask them if they can speak a language. I reach down, uh, pull up my uh, pant leg real quick, and I have a, I have a, like this, a dagger uh, that's hidden down there. But as I bring it up and just toss it through the doorway, uh, it bursts above the group of them, uh, and I'm gonna cast hypnotic pattern uh, on as many of them as I can. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and I'll read it. So. I have a range of 120 feet for it. I can uh, cast it on a 30-foot cube. Uh, I create a twisting pattern of colors that weaves through the air inside the 30-foot cube. Uh, the pattern appears for a moment and vanishes. Each creature in the area who sees it must make a wisdom save. Uh, on a failed save, the creature becomes charmed, and while charmed by this spell, the creature is incapacitated and has a speed of zero. Okay. A lot of people. A lot of as people. As many as like as many of these wet goons as I can. So as you throw this out, you see this burst of light and this pattern, and the door begins to swing closed behind the one that has stepped in. None of them react at all. I, I look to the group and just go, "I, this is that was the best thing I can do." I we. I think we. I think yeah, we died. You tried. It's okay, dear. I'm gonna give you guys kind of a five count. We could start rolling initiative, okay. or I. I think we should jet. Yeah, let's jet. We need. I'm. I'm gonna yell fire though. I'm gonna yell fire in this uh, busy tavern. 
just try to get That's... people to flee. Mm-hmm. I like that. Never went wrong Look, before. The door I'm sure. swings both ways. It's Perfect. Fine. So you guys then dash to this boat. Uh, Sally, on the other hand, pulls two hand crossbows out from essentially her scoop her her hoop skirts. That's why she needed the petticoat. And begins. Firing off <laughs> at this thing. Um, let's see. I'm actually going to do some rolls for her because there are going to be, like I said, it's a crowded place, a big crowd, mm-hmm. and there's there are people that jump on this thing that is walked in. Uh, Sally gets a few shots on it before he, a couple guys descend on it with clubs and some short swords, but as they're beating this thing in it pops and takes down the first few that took it down and as it blows apart the door swings open and more of them start trudging in you guys hop on this little boat someone go ahead give me an arcana because this thing is uh, you need something good here That's true. I have a plus four arcana. I don't know if anyone has better than I that. I got a plus five, but I've been rolling like shit, so I believe in you. Okay. Does he still will... does he still have his mode of uh, the moat from me? The bar that can No. Oh, yeah. But would he? Well, How long does that last? It lasts ten minutes. Uh, half an hour. Oh, I thought. Oh, so it's only ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. He said ten well, minutes, but it... he meant to say half an hour. I'm sure. I did mean to. <laughs> no, it's ten minutes. Uh, it Damn. does not last. It is gone at this point, okay. but. Uh, as long as Terrence gives I you can, an assist, you'll have advantage. Okay, I, yeah. I can offer guidance as well. Yeah, uh, guidance and advantage. That'd be fine. Alright. The spawn mother's badass. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. So, my first dice, a four. My second dice, also a four. Uh, the spawn mother sucks! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> that's plus three from the bonus, and then plus four. So that's, that's only an eleven. That's you know what? Here's what I'll give you. You get it started, and between the six of you, you manage to, like, push out of the place, and you are going about as fast as a walk on the water away from this place. It doesn't seem to be responding to a, like, essentially what it is, there's this little sphere, right, on top of it, and you imagine you turn it or twist it or rotate it or some goddamn complicated thing that just is not fucking spawn mother help me working right now and you're just managing to kind of much not much faster than walking speed across the water and as you're looking back into the bailout these things are just coming through the door and as they're taken down at first they're popping and blowing this water all over these poor people, whether it's taking them down immediately or they're managing to cut them down with scimitars does not matter because I, go ahead. Uh, th- th- this boat is very slow. Would somebody please help with throwing? <laughs> are there like oars? There are oars. Or... Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you... kind of... Let's no. get some athletics or yeah what you got uh, granny i have the cantrip mending 
Ooh. If I could lay my hands on the engine and just kind of like assure him that he can get rougher with it. I tell you what. I also Go have ahead. mending. Can I assist her? Double mend. <laughs> double mend. You know what? I'll give you double advantage on this Arcana check then. Let's. Ooh. Yeah. Roll me three d20s, sir. <laughs> oh, am I doing it? Or is she? Nope. It's going to be uh, Caro at the helm. Oh, oh it's Caro. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Can I give guidance again? Yes, go ahead. Do it. Load them up. Guidance. Can I take back <laughs> what I said about the spawn mother? She's great. <laughs> okay. I am so thankful for the triple <laughs> three dice here. One is a one. One is a three. But one. One is a 15. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yes. <laughs> plus. Jesus plus two. Plus four. So that's, uh, a, I mean, that's a 21. Mother, that's 21. Oh, yeah. Right. So. Uh, the spawn mother has graced me with knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> so you managed to figure out that it's not just rotating. You have to actually kind of pull up on the thing, even though it seems to be floating. Give it some extra throttle. And as you do, the tip of this boat comes up out of the water, and you go from a walk to a cheetah sprint in this thing, which is good because the bailout explodes behind you in a oh, just fiery the night from hell. mess. It's this it blinding does. white light, and as you... I mean, none of you are so cool that you don't look back at an explosion, especially this big because as you look back I mentioned as you look through the door there was something in the back standing on fire as you were speeding just ripping across the harbor across to get to the crowded crow's nest standing in the rubble is this thing this almost skeleton it's about 10 feet tall you can see Flames come off it like angel's wings as it stares at you as you rip across the harbor and it seems to melt back into the flame and it, out of it, sight. It looks like he has a bone to pick with us. <sighs> and Zelkin throws up off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, you guys rip across the harbor to the crowded crow's nest. Now, this is a smaller bar. Uh, you actually met originally the first time. Uh, you actually met Grief there. So you are familiar with where this is. And as you get to a smaller row of docks there, it's easy to park, hop off, and you see that there is only one light in the window here. And you find the door is unlocked. As you barge in, there is no one here except these two dwarfs. They're actually sitting at a table with a large bottle of alcohol between them and two shot glasses. The bottle looks mostly empty at this point, and they aren't saying anything. I'm glad you didn't make us roll to stop the boat. <gasps> And we just go. Might have we just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, is it is it too early to cast Zone of Truth? You could cast anything you want, anytime. Oh, yeah. Fireball. No. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's a fantastic <laughs> idea. I yeah. didn't ask, what is it? I didn't ask where he's standing. I asked how big the room is. Yep. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, uh, Kara's just going to, like, seize these two drinking here at this table and just... 
Uh, he's gonna once again grab his his brooch, his his little uh, his little frog egg, uh, and he's going to say, "The power of the spawn mother compels you to speak truthfully." Uh, and he's going to cast Stone of Truth. All right. Now it's wisdom or intelligence saving throws. That is a charisma save of 13. Now, if mis- correct me if I'm wrong, you don't know if they passed, correct? Uh, I, I do know, actually. Okay. You know that neither of them passed. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm also going to spend... I have a, the... Whichever feat gives me sorcerer points... Uh, so I'm going to make sure that uh, all of my allies here can auto succeed. So you do not have to tell the truth. Holy um, crap! Oh, okay. Appreciate that. Nice. Welcome. Yeah. That's good. Bunch of lion motherfuckers. Yeah. So I, I care specifically careful spell. <clears throat> that is sorcery point. That is very cool. All right. So um, as you cast this, as it falls over them, both of them kind of grimace. Both of them understand what's happening here, and both of them are ready to deal with whatever is next. <laughs> I think Kara just gestures to the much larger members of the party is just like, uh, uh, um, get, get them. Malice, uh, the seafarer, says, this is a pretty loud explosion. Yeah, everything's exploding. The horse exploded, the people exploded, the bar exploded. I mean, everything's exploding. The frog grief answers. That's a lot of exploding. That's a lot of exploding. That's not good for business, folks. We talked about that. It's is, not Is there a point where it's we don't care about if it's good for business or not? It's the fact that people are dying. It sounds, it feels like we don't have the full picture. Zelkin is like yeah, what, increasingly what are getting, you not getting irritated. <laughs> yeah. And Malice says, <clears throat> well, there's something here in town. No, we got that. We know. Yeah. yeah. There's, <laughs> no there's shit. We and know. Grief, grief says, I thought it was this rat fucker. Malice says, don't fucking call me a rat fucker, rat fucker. Wait, they're both under zone of truth, right? Correct. Oh, Which yeah. one of you fucking rats? <laughs> they at the same time. Neither. It's a colloquialism. <laughs> dumb nuts. Uh-huh. Grief. Grief says, listen. This is going to keep happening. Something has brought something here something is i thought they were trying to ruin us they were trying to me ruin me i thought it was him i thought he was trying to ruin me <clears throat> who's that and malice says we don't we don't know but we know where where it's coming from at this point uh and he pulls out of his pocket another disc sort of thing and he pushes in the center of it and it lights up a little bit um and he says you're the job the job that we both thought we screwed each other over on it's sitting at the bottom 
of the harbor. It needs to be taken care of. It has to be someone not touched by it. And as he says that, he rolls up his sleeve, and you see in his skin, it's shriveled lines starting to essentially fold in on his skin. And Grief says, yeah. Yeah. And he rolls down his sleeve too. And he says, like I said, pretty fucking bad for business, guys. And he has the same squiggly lines starting to form. That's what you're You're dying! Now is your business. Yes. What the the tiefling said. People are dying. You're dying! And you say it's bad for business. We're all... We're all going to die, guys, and everyone in this town is going to die, and some of them are going to die at the point of a dagger. Some of them are going to die in their sleep, usually at the point of a dagger. But we're all going to die. Yeah, but and but you're. It sounds like we're all about yeah, to die you're, you're much about sooner to die by from like, horrific circumstances. You're about to die from like exploding. Me, so that's a little bit different. Yeah, from the, old age the and frog manning. Yeah, the frog manning. I'm not really looking forward to it. <laughs> Can we really stop using this offensive terminology? <laughs> Sorry, Kara. And uh, Malice says, "Yeah, we're uh, we're done. We're done." And he uh, pulls a dagger out of his belt, and he pulls it across his throat. Oh, no, maybe don't do that. That's not at all. And no. and grief, like fucking, fucking. You know, I got a lot of gold. I got a lot of gold. None of it fucking matters anymore, does it? Huh, guys? And as he says it, Wait, where's, you see where's the something starting to bulge under his shirt. And he fucking, yeah, yeah, okay. And is done as well as he draws a dagger across his own throat. This is the worst night of ev- ev- eternity. This is the worst. I hate this. I, I, I don't know. What do we do? <laughs> I blame uh, I blame Zone of Truth. <laughs> in, in retrospect, perhaps it was better not to have them realize their inner truths. <laughs> Amen. The little fob is sitting on the table and it is pulsing a little bit. And as it does, you hear a loud splash outside from near where your boat was. Mm, I do not like that sound. Hopefully that's beautiful because I don't have to create or destroy water on the entire harbor. Do do we need... Is this starting from where... Is this starting from where Malice's job took place? At the buoy? From where you're at now? No, um... So the buoy, or not the buoy, the, uh, sorry, the, you're at the crowded crow's nest. Right. And you part your boat just outside. Uh-huh. And this is where you hear a splash. And as you peek through the window or the door, what you see is that a large bathysphere has crashed up through one of the piers and is sitting bobbing in the water, glowing the faint same color as your fob. 
Well, cool. I don't know too. when I'm going to die, but it's not going to be today. Come on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. Mike here. Wanted to uh, pop in again and say thank you all so much for uh, listening along today. It's been some some heavy stuff this episode so far and uh, definitely got a little bit of a ways to go here before the uh, the thrilling conclusion um hope you're all taking care of yourselves and uh enjoying the the episodes this uh one shot has been kind of a departure from what we normally do here at 19 hits the dragon but it's it's been a real blast to uh to record uh and to uh a great way to to round out the season that's really all been based around collaboration the whole way through um and of course a big uh thank you to alex david david and ryan uh, for joining us a second time and a huge shout out to zach for uh coming up with this one shot and and running it for us here today um yeah links to everybody's uh, uh content can be found in the uh the show notes below so check them all out everybody's got a lot of really great stuff out there that uh, that y'all can go enjoy so so be on the lookout for it um yeah on a related note as far as more content from all of us here um we played through a game of uh, Zach's uh, game, I guess, um, Corner Office, uh, last weekend now. So if you're you're hearing this, uh, well, regardless of when you're listening to this, you'll probably have to go and watch the VOD if you want to check it out. But we had a blast there. Definitely recommend uh, giving that a, a watch. Uh, you can find it over at uh, twitch.tv slash obsidianportal. Uh, it was a fun game where we're all trying to c- climb the corporate ladder during the apocalypse, and yeah, definitely not anything like 2021, it turns out. So, yeah, stream is a blast. Uh, go go check it out there. Um, on a, a Also related as a uh, Halloween special, uh, doing a special cross-platform collaboration with uh, Tabletop Journeys and Dads with Nerdy Ambitions as we play through Chariot of the Gods, an Aliens tabletop RPG adventure. The first episode will go live uh, on Dads with Nerdy Ambitions channel Friday, October 29th, uh, with part two following up on Saturday, October 30th on the Tabletop Journeys channel, um, and the thrilling conclusion coming Halloween Day October 31st, right here on our podcast. Um, again, you can follow me on Twitter and get updates about when those links are live, and I'll definitely be throwing those uh, links into the show notes uh, once the, uh, they, they go live as well. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you all so much for tuning in this season, uh, tuning in for this one shot, these past couple episodes. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, you uh, can definitely give me a shout on Twitter at 19 hits the dragon. Let me know what you've thought so far. Um, you can leave ratings, comments, reviews, whatever you can, wherever you get your podcast as well. Uh, but definitely the best way to, to help the show out, help the show grow, is to go out there and tell 19 of your closest friends. Thanks so much, everyone. Um, and now we'll get back to the game. So this bathysphere glowing the same color as the fob is obviously, you know, as on point as it could be for what you need to do next. They've pointed you in the direction. They've provided something for you. And as you emerge from the crowded crow's nest, uh, Caro, you feel something 
painful. You have been bitten by something, and as you reach your hand back, you feel Geraldine on your shoulder. And as you pull Geraldine off, Geraldine has begun to shrivel these squiggly lines down Geraldine's skin. And you remember earlier this night when Grief pulled Geraldine out of his waterlogged pockets and threw him and you caught her. And suddenly you don't feel very good either, Caro. Oh, you Geraldine. have Geraldine begins to shrivel and pulsate and turn into less of a frog and more of a green blackish mass. Now, whatever has happened here has been brewing because the rest of you see that as he's holding Geraldine in his hands, Caro, your hands begin to shrivel and pulse as well. Caro's going. Oh, go ahead. More. No. Yeah. Caro, like holding the wilted and and glowing Geraldine in his hands, he he looks up at his his party, his friends, and he looks down at Geraldine and says, "Oh, dear cousin, I fear that we are not making it through this night." But you, you must finish this, if not for me. And he takes off his brooch, and I think he goes over to Zelkin, and he, he hands Zelkin his brooch and says, do it for the spawn mother. And he kicks into gear that 25-foot horizontal leap as he jumps away from the party and explodes. In a shower of green and black, and as it comes apart radiant energy as you see this form of Caro, not as this shriveling small frog man as he suddenly seemed there for a moment, but as this golden spirit is embraced by large webbed hands that come down out of the black sky to lift him up and away from you. And Caro, as much as he has fought and struggled with you this night, is no longer there, but with his mother. And he leaves the bucket behind. I'm not crying, Caro. you're crying. <laughs> Shut up. Caro is, unfortunately, will not be able to uh, make the rest of this journey with you, party. The bathysphere waits. And what's the next step here? Zelkin just gets on his knees holding this brooch like, Why is everything falling apart? And Geraldine, the brooch glows bright white. And... Geraldine begins to reform into a small frog, the pendant shrinking around its neck. So you now have a little frog with a spawn mother pendant. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's grab the bucket and go. <laughs> Point of order. That guy's dead. I want his bucket. <laughs> <laughs>
No, it's to remember our exactly. friend. Granny knows what's up. All right, you guys pile into the bathysphere. Um, it has pretty basic controls, actually. There is up and down, left and right. It's uh, If anyone has proficiency in either land or other Ooh, type of vehicle, it's not going to be hard to do this. Yeah, proficiency in donkey. It's about Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. So, you hop in this thing, and, uh, Castine, you have a flash. You remember the bubble. You remember the light, and you remember the darkness around yeah. you. And you know where to go. Even though she's at the helm, you are almost guided as you point down and out into the harbor for her to follow a deadline. Perfect. Uh, Granny is definitely like perched on top of Bertrand to get like to be able to reach everything, and she's like pressing buttons, very confidently cranking <laughs> something over here. Like it is, she is. I, I, I gaze leans over to uh, Zalcan and is, are we sure we? She knows what she is doing. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to believe anything at this point. Uh, uh, if we crash, then we crash. It's it's this or the 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 Frogman City. I shouldn't say that. I can't believe I just uh, yeah. said that. <laughs> you make a good point, though. Look, Let's it's go. less about you make. It's less about having confidence in Granny Bebka and more about what is your confidence level in your own ability. <laughs> you make your way through the pitch black water. It is now something like three in the morning. You're in the middle of the harbor, and as you go deeper and deeper, suddenly there's a light. It's pitch black for about three minutes as you're going down. You realize this harbor is much deeper than you thought it was. It must be off a shelf. You've gone far enough out now that while there's shallow ground and shallow water probably closer into the harbor, there's a drop-off here. <clears throat> because there's no way you should be able to go almost straight down at a 45-degree angle for almost three or four minutes. Until you see it in front of you, a glowing, shimmering bubble. It's about... 40, 50 feet wide, and you can't see into it, but you can see there is a light source coming from inside. Are we going in? I think we do. I think we have to. Yeah, not a lot of choices. <sighs> okay, then. Probably. I mean, possibly. If I said no, would you believe no. me? No, <laughs> not at all. No, no. That's perfect. Good. Um, you, Granny, pilot this thing down to kind of the sea floor and in alongside this bubble? Are you just going into it? Are you... There's definitely a pause of like, are we doing this? <clears throat> and then, okay, full steam ahead. So you get full steam ahead and the bathysphere breaks through this bubble without resistance. It forms around you and gives way. Um, and you get about four feet in before the weight of the bathysphere in suddenly no water environment, the whole thing crashes out into dry air in this bubble. The whole bathysphere tipping over and tumbling like a gerbil wheel because it's not designed to just be, you know, hanging out like that. 
Um, and when you guys recover yourselves, well, Kestine, you immediately recognize what's in front of you is this tank with this thing inside of it. It's hard to tell what it is until you get closer because of the light reflecting off of the glass. Point of order, technically, it is now a land vehicle. <laughs> technically correct. Uh, when, when we get out of the bathosphere, or I guess I, Gates is definitely getting out. I don't know about everybody else. Um, is it or is the bubble on the ground? Like, is there solid ground below our feet? Yes, you are essentially walking on the sea floor. So while the ground is okay. damp, it is sand and it is silky and mucky, but it is, you're not sinking into it. Okay. Uh, and and you said there was uh, a, a like a tank with something inside. How far away is that? It's about twenty feet from you. And as you get out, I'll just say you can almost clearly see it. There is well, everyone, give me. I'm gonna say this. It's gonna need to be Arcana if you're gonna recognize what's in here. Everyone. Yeah. It's a sixteen for Terrence. Nope. Four. Cool. 15 here. Nice. 16. So the 15 and up, <clears throat> what is in here is a mind flare. But it's not just in the tank floating around. It's essentially been dissected. There are cables and lines and wires holding it in pieces in this tank suspended and you see its brain is floating above the body, connected to the rest of it by these arcane wires of some sort. And as you step toward it, you see this spark of energy form above the tank and float up to the bubble and back up through the dark black water above you. It appears to be signaling something up there. Um, should I think this is the thing that the brothers were, were talking about? What, should, what do we want to do? Smash it, y'all. What's the tank made out of? Thick glass that you can tell. Well, I've got a war pick, wait, so wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna go try to break glass in case of emergency. Just, just hold on. Do we want to try communicating with it first? Do we, do we want to? <laughs> do you, I, I don't want to get, uh, for what it's doing, I don't want to give it even a moment to try and do it to us. But if it's not consciously making the choice to harm everyone? I mean, if, if you have a solid way to confirm we'll communicate with it and it won't attack immediately, then by all means. But our friend just died and those two men just yeah. killed themselves over this as well and an entire bar just blew up. I'm not letting this thing live. And while that's fair, I don't... If there is a compassionate or it's mutually beneficial way to resolve this, because, like, it doesn't look like it's... As you guys talk between each other, you notice something happening. You notice these 
lines beginning to form along your skin. Uh, it's not just lines at this point. Yes. They're swirls. And they're alien runes of some sort begin appearing and shriveling into your skin. Can I ask, and we don't have to keep this part of the recording, just asking, is it technically casting a spell? No. Okay. All right. This is, I'll, I'll put it out there, this is an aura that you are in, essentially. Got it, got it. I gotcha. wanted to see if counterspell was something that could, if, if it was doing something actively, but it's not. Okay, that's all right, we don't. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Continue. We're, we're running out of time. I... I still have that pickaxe ready. Just... Yeah, I think it's time. Go for it, Castian. Uh, All right, I run up and I just try to embed the tip of this pickaxe into the very middle of the largest pane of glass. I'm and I'm going to send... close my eyes and just hope to see the spidering come out from the impact. As he rushes up, I'm going to give him bardic inspiration. Go ahead, give me an attack. I will give you an attack. The attack. Crit. Yeah. Nice. Fuck yes. So. Oh my god, that's so poetic. <laughs> um, Screenshot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're right. Right. <laughs> that's so good. You. You, uh. You bring your pickaxe into this tank, and as you bring it in, you manage to get where this, you know, it's several panes that are together, flat surfaces, kind of this octagonal shape. You bring it right into the corner where two of these panes meet, and this thing blows apart, and you are flooded in this viscous ichor, and the pieces and parts and mass of this mind flare instantly flow out of this tank and essentially on to you. And as it does, this mind flare seems to almost animate. Now it's it's still kind of together, but all its limbs and pieces are connected by several feet of strands and wires. Uh, but it says something to you and it asks you you hear clearly not as common not as a language per se but as a feeling that it wants you to help it that it wants you to stop this do I have a, an understanding of what this is you could give me Arcana. Uh, or Insight. Insight, Arcana, whichever one. Uh, yeah, we got a four. You have Bardic Inspiration. I do have Bardic Inspiration. Thank you. <clears throat> We're going to activate that D8. That four is paired with an eight for a total Ooh, of a 12. Shit. Okay. So it's, it's not hard to tell... Even as alien and chaotic and <clears throat> otherworldly as a mind flare is, nothing wants to suffer. But now you've broken its tank, something is keeping it together, and something is keeping this 
bubble around you. But whatever it is, it's tied to this thing. I'm going to immediately call out to everyone else and say it's asking for help. It's asking for us to to end this. And I just start looking around frantically, hoping to find some central mechanism, some, some central this, control panel. With this mind flare on you, one of your arms has now shriveled away, essentially. And the rest of you, as you stand here are beginning to feel something not good. Uh, can I try remove curse? To cast what, remove I'm sorry? Curse? You can try. Okay. Um, at your... If that doesn't work, I'm going to drop a flaming sphere on top of it, so... At your touch, all curses affecting one creature or object end. <clears throat> the object is a cursed magic item. Its curse remains, but the spell breaks its owner's attunement to the object so it can be removed or discarded. Okay, go for it. Alright, it's just a buff. <clears throat> By touch. What level is that? Uh, it's a third level spell. Third level? So you touch it, and as soon as you touch it, you get the same feeling that your friend is describing. Now, Mind Flayers usually can communicate, they can project, but whatever has happened, it's weak, it's been broken. And you can go ahead and cast a spell on this, and as you do, <clears throat> it immediately dissolves around you. It just turns to the same viscous black fluid as these other creatures have been turning into and what they've been made of. This, All these things you've been facing, all of these challenges, all of these monsters, it's almost like they were made up of this mind flare, as if its energy was being used, whether purposefully or because it was suffering and didn't know or couldn't help what was happening. It was projecting these things, it was asking for help, it was suffering, and it was angry and scared, but now it it has peace. <clears throat> for all the things that a Mind Flayer is, and for all the chaos that it represents, nothing wants to suffer. And neither do you, and as you look down around yourselves, you see that you're not doing much better than this Mind Flayer, you're not getting any better now that it's gone and as the shimmering bubble around you begins to well cave in <clears throat> and give way and drip and then suddenly spout a geyser of harbor water you look down at yourselves and realize that you have done what you can you have set this thing free you have saved broken cradle you have done something and now it is time like your friend and it is time like this thing that you have set free to no longer suffer tonight either and as the protective spell breaks and the water collapses down on you 
You are at peace in the dark and the sea. And that's where we end tonight's session. Yes, please, round of applause, everybody. That was great. Wait, I can hold my breath. I'm a tortoise. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, could I just I was... create a destroy water real quick? Just, just... You're gone. Holy I'm sorry. You are Holy shit, not man. enough of us. Wow, what a... wow that was a great yeah, adventure, wild. man. Wow. That's brutal. Yeah. It's it's Jeez. It's, Zach, uh, thank you. it's rough. We had to kill easily in real life for that ending, you know. But, uh, yeah. RIP. Miss him. Yeah. That was guys, thank you so much for being yeah, part of this. You. Um you know, Mike, thanks for having me on and letting me do this. And guys, thank you for being so game with this. I was really excited for this and you guys are such a kick ass group. I'm very lucky to have gotten to do this, guys. Well, before, before we go, quick super quick round of applause yeah. for yeah, Zach. Definitely. Conan the librarian. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. That was awesome. Thank that you. That was awesome. fantastic. Yeah, thank thank you so much for coming onto the show and, and running this game for us, Zach. It was fantastic. Um, and, uh, yeah, this was... I know that we kind of uh, incepted the idea together. This was nothing like what I had uh, remembered at all or expected to happen tonight. So We had some yeah, very good ideas that I've, well been, I've been playing with for a while, and I wanted to put something really good... You know, I wanted to... Wanted to go from a classy and you know slashy and horror to something, something a little bit different. So I'm glad. Thank you guys for being so game and along for the ride. So sure. I guess should we do some sign offs here? Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. If everyone would, uh, we can just kind of go down uh, the list the same way, same order as before, <clears throat> uh, and we'll get David. Uh, easily to record a spot for himself as well but if everyone wants to just kind of plug how our listeners can find you sure so I, I guess i'll okay. start like i said at the very very beginning i'm alex i'm from two weeks one shot a tabletop rpg variety podcast you can find us on apple podcast spotify <clears throat> google podcast podbean uh, but find us over on Twitter at at Tuescast. That's T W O S Cast. And honestly, Mike, thank you so much for having me on. Cannot wait to do this again. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, push, push, shove, shove, punch, punch. Let's do it. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Thank you. Really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Uh, and I am Zach, aka Conan Librarian. You can find me on Twitter at Conan underscore Librarian, L-Y-B-A-R-I-A-N. You can find me at Obsidian Portal as well. Um, you can also find my new one-shot 1D6 light system, uh, Corner Office, on itch.io. And um, I had an absolute blast doing this. Guys, thank you again. This was this was great. You guys are a great party. So, um yeah, I look forward to any sort of interaction in the future too. Corner Corner Office is fantastic. Listener, go download Corner Office. Go download it. Do 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 it. My name is David Stallings. I am the dungeon master and host for a show called Paradise Lost, like a paradise. We got we got. You can look us up on YouTube. 
Uh, we anywhere you find podcasts, uh, we do both. We got multiple campaigns, homebrew, also adventure modules. We do everything, uh, and we have a blast, uh, just like I did tonight. Uh, <clears throat> and, but if you want to, if you want to find me, find us on Twitter at Podlost P zero D L O S T. Uh, follow us there. And yeah, Zach, thanks for creating such a wonderful one shot. Mike, thanks for inviting me. Uh, I loved it. I was so happy to be a part of this. Yeah. So my name's David. Uh, I'm the host, producer, Twitter goblin of Trials of the Apocalypse, a one shot powered by the apocalypse tabletop role playing game, actual play podcast, which is a lot of words to say. We play a lot of different games and have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, we do short little arcs with mastering of the audio and sound effects and music and, and all the whole nine yards. Uh, and we've played a, a lot of uh, interesting stuff. So if you enjoyed this one shot and you like sort of that format of tight storytelling, then uh, maybe check out Trials of the Apocalypse. You can find us on Twitter at TOTA Podcast, uh, Toto Podcast, or you can find us in like every podcatcher. Uh, or you can find a link to all that stuff in our link tree, uh, L I N K tr.ee forward slash Toto podcast EOTA podcast that's where all of our stuff is it's been really great being on the show thank you so much for having me absolutely uh Hannah, you go next i'll i'll wrap up uh, okay uh i am Hannah miller i'm the editor at 19 hits the dragon sorry not sorry about blender horse uh you can find me on twitter at bad buddhist bad eight U-D-D-H-I-S-T Instagram, Tealith by Grace It's me crocheting minis and other shit Or you can find my Etsy store at Wonders Weaves Wares <laughs> Great, and I'm I'm Ryan Johnson, you can find me on Twitter at RJQuestGiver, you can also find my blog, rjquestgiver.weebly.com where I keep a DM and player's toolkit as well as some other musings like magic card conversions and the D&D concepts and whatnot. I've also got Wintry Blast available on the DM's Guild levels one through five. Go check it out. And thanks to everybody. I think this was a very, uh, very well-melded group for many of us not knowing each other. It was a great, great to be a part of. I want to say special thanks because you got probably fucked with the most for being uh such a good sport about it uh yeah i appreciate that you were definitely right on tone with all of it so awesome well yeah everybody thank you so much for for coming on and playing today i had a blast and uh, yeah alex absolutely interested in doing something like this um again we'll we'll figure that out in the future for Maybe a season three finale. Who knows? Um, but yeah, all, all of you so much. Thank you. Thank you for, for coming out. It was a blast. Uh, it's been great getting to know all of you over the course of recording episodes together and then getting everybody together for this. Uh, this game was a lot of fun. So thanks so much. Um, and again, huge thank you to Zach for uh, running the game tonight. It's been fantastic. Um, and all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, adventure. If you want to uh, find us, you can, uh, well, obviously you're listening to this now, so you found us on the, the podcast out there. You can reach me personally uh, on Twitter at 19HitsTheDragon, um, but please make sure to as well, uh, you know, comment, 
let Zach know what you thought of the the game tonight. Let all of us know what you thought of uh, the fun that we had here. Um, but hashtag uh, yeah, Blender Horse, y'all. Hashtag Blender Horse. <laughs> hashtag Blender Horse. Yes. Uh, Everybody, go tell 19 of your closest friends. <laughs> and we'll see you all next time when 19 hits the dragon. Awesome. Take care. Thank you. Zach, I'll never forgive you for killing Kara. How dare you? How I, dare I you. can't believe that. He was the heart and soul of this party. <laughs> I can't believe it. Dude, I have to keep this character now. He has the whole thing. He has this brooch from this frog. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't make it. He didn't yep. make it, man. Yep.